This is the Do It Scared podcast with Ruth Sukup, episode number 115. On today's episode, we're talking to my very good friend, Chandler Bolt, about all the reasons you should write a book and a few reasons you shouldn't. Welcome to the Do It Scared podcast. I'm your host, Ruth Sukup, and each week on the show, we will talk about how to face your fears, overcome obstacles, and most importantly, how to take action and create a life you love. This episode is brought to you by Elite Blog Academy. And right now, we want to invite you to grab your copy of the newest edition of my best-selling book, How to Blog for Profit Without Selling Your Soul. This is the book that since 2013 has sold nearly 500,000 copies in more than 10 different languages. And now it has been completely updated and revised for 2020. Our goal at EBA is to get it into as many hands as we possibly can, which is why for a limited time, we will send it to you absolutely free. All you have to do is pay for shipping. To grab it, simply go to EliteBlogAcademy.com slash book. Once again, that's EliteBlogAcademy.com slash book. Hey there, and welcome back to the show. As always, my name is Ruth Zukup, and I'm the founder of Living Well, Spending Less, as well as the founder of Elite Blog Academy and the New York Times bestselling author of seven books, including my brand new book for kids, How Big Is Your Brave? On today's episode, we're chatting with one of my biggest business buds, Chandler Bolt. Chandler is the founder of Self Publishing School, an online academy dedicated to, you guessed it, helping authors write and publish their books. He's also one of the smartest, most strategic business owners I know and someone I have learned so much from over the past few years. And ultimately, that's exactly what this podcast is all about too, right? learning from people who inspire us. Chandler is definitely one of those people. Because in the end, courage doesn't mean we're never afraid. Instead, courage is being scared but taking action anyway, despite our fear. It's putting one foot in front of the other, even when we're not quite sure where that path is going to lead. Okay, so before we dive into today's episode, I just want to remind you that you can download the show notes for this episode by visiting doitscared.com slash episode 115. Once again, that's dowitscared.com slash episode 115. And without further ado, here's my very good friend, Chandler Bolt. Chandler, welcome to the Do It Scared podcast. I can't believe it's taken me this long to have you on the show. Yes, I'm so excited to be here. Thank you for having me. (laughs) So you and I have been friends for a long time now, like a really long time, And we actually get to see each other quite a bit now that we're in Business Accelerator together. Although, bummer that we're not meeting in person this this time around. I'm a little sad about that. Um, But I can't believe – I truly can't believe that it's taken me this long to have you on the show because you're so smart. I love talking to you. You're one of my favorite people in the whole world to talk to and just get advice from. Your insights are – always really, really good. And just the way that you systematize everything and run your business, it's always truly inspiring to me. So, but let's just start at the beginning because um, for those listeners who don't know you, I'd love to just hear a little bit of your story. So 
who are you? What do you do? And how did you get to be doing what you're doing now? Yeah. So my, my name is Chandler Bull. I run a company called Self Publishing School. Um, we're an online education company. We help people write and publish books um, and use those books to grow their business or to make more impact. Um, and so I kind of stumbled into this as a C-level English student and a college dropout who hated writing <laughs> and is somehow now running a school uh, called Self-Publishing <laughs> School. Uh, and so, you know, it was, it was one of those things where maybe listeners um, would relate to this is that feeling of, I have something to share. And so I have this message. I'm terrified of the mechanism that I feel like I should share it through. And that's, you know, for me, that was through a book. And and I knew I needed to do it, but it was kind of uncomfortable and I kind of didn't want to do it. And so I failed a lot, messed a lot of things up <laughs> and then stumbled into a process that that worked. And then people started asking about it, said, hey, how are you doing this? And so then, then we started teaching more and more people this. And, you know, fast forward to today, we've helped uh, thousands of people write and publish books. We have about two books published every single day by our students. Um, and we've been on the Inc. 5000 list is one of the 5,000 uh, fastest growing private companies in America, two soon to be uh, three years in a row. And so we're growing, we're helping people, we're changing lives with books. And that's what I'm passionate about is waking up every day to, uh, to help people make an impact uh, and, and, and bring more leverage to what they're doing um, through a book. I, I believe that books change lives. And, you know, it's, as someone who hated reading, hated writing to now I read a book a week and I've written a few books is like, the, the light bulb came on and, and it's, I mean, you know me, like I love to read <laughs> and, and it's, it's, it's uh, yeah. just such an amazing way to learn. And, and so that's, that's kind of where, where we've come from. And it's kind of like, you know, they say it's like the best, the best um, students are often the worst teachers or like the best players are often the worst coaches. I feel like as someone who's C-level English student, college dropout, ADD, ADHD, like all that. My gift is taking complicated things and making them simple. Um, and, and it just so happens that that's books. I love that. I say that a lot too, that I feel, feel the same way. That's where I love to take hard things, complicated information or a lot of information and distill it down into <clears throat> into just the essentials of what you need to know. And I think that is, you're right. That's what makes a really good teacher is somebody who can take all of this information and tell you, no, you only need to focus on this thing. And then you need to focus on this and here's how to do it step by step by step. Right. So did you always think that you would become an entrepreneur or was that something you stumbled into as well? Kind of. Yeah. I, I mean, my mom's favorite story is, uh, she sent me to, I was in the Boy Scouts growing up and she sent me to scout camp with like a bunch of snacks and drinks and all that stuff. And I came back home with a wad of cash and a switchblade knife <laughs> and I just sold all my snacks <laughs> and drinks and all that stuff. And so I think that was when she realized it. I think I didn't realize it till later. Um, but, you know, I, I remember my dad gave me the book, Rich Dad, Poor Dad. And when I was in high school, I was 16, 17 years old, and I read that book, and it just rocked my world. Um, it's crazy full circle. I don't even know if you know this. Um, I was just on Rich Dad Radio last week and then uh, with Robert and Kim and then had Robert Kiyosaki on the Self-Publishing School podcast like the week before that. So it's just crazy full circle. Um, but that was like part of what kicked it off. And then I, I you know, reading that book, and then I ran um, a business. I ran a couple businesses in high school, a business in college. And that was the first time I hit six figures. And then that was where I said, okay, 
I'm learning more actually doing this than I am pro- from professors who have never ran a business. This is dumb. I, why don't I drop out? <laughs> um, so that's when I dropped out and, and you started self-publishing school and all that stuff. That's awesome. And what year was that? Because that wasn't that long ago, right? Uh, that was, I think I dropped out at the end of 2013. Mm, 2013. Yeah. And so, I mean, to think about that, like now you're running a seven figure business seven years later, fastest, one of the fastest growing companies in America. That's pretty amazing. So, but you love books. So let's talk more about books. What, what is a good reason for somebody to write a book? Cause I get, I get people saying that to me all the time, Ruth, I want to write a book. Well, okay, great. Why do you want to write a book? That's always my question. So what, what's a good reason? And alternatively, what's not a good reason to want to write a book? Um, best reason is to be like Ruth. No, I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, come on. We all want to be like Ruth. Well, yeah, um, obviously. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, I think if, if you're someone who feels like you have a, have a message that can impact others um, or you're someone who has a blog that's gaining traction and it's, a, and it's resonating with people and, it, and it's a topic that people care about, then it's a way to kind of streamline that. And so uh, we we always focus on using a book to 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 help with three things: to help make a bigger impact, to increase your income, to grow your business. And some people only care about one of those things. Some people care about multiple. Um, but using you know, I've got this sign over my head um, about leverage impact, um, and that's something I, I talk about this in my TEDx talk. Is like you're able to crystallize this information into this one thing that will live forever. I mean this. Years, decades, long after you're off this earth, that thing's still here. And I, I don't know if you felt similarly, Ruth, but you know, the first time I held a physical book in my hands, it wow, what a feeling. I mean, you run we run online businesses and it's easy to feel like, hey, after I'm gone, like I don't know if this is still gonna be here. Like someone presses the wrong delete button, yeah. <laughs> this thing's gone. Uh, but the book is something that that truly lasts. And so it it it, it continues to impact more people, um, you know, for a really long time. So I look at what you've done with your books and, and it's like they each serve their purpose. And I think for you, it's like they, they each off, like a lot of times feed into an arm of your business. Right. And you've got, you've built these different brands off of the back of books. And even I'm just looking, uh, right, right now I look across and just like, how cool of a feeling, how big is your brave, right over there and then oh yeah and then do it scared is on the on the uh uh, on my uh, thing in my office as well and just like that's a feeling and every time i see i see those books i think of you uh and and that that feeling of like looking at it reading it like it's just i don't know it's 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 a hard thing to describe but it's it's a it's a 15 dollar mentor is what i call it from a reader's perspective because i think like that's the cool thing is a book changes the life of the author, but also the reader. Um, And so, you know, everyone's always thinking like, Hey, how do I get a mentor? Or uh, like I get asked that a lot. I'm sure you probably do as well. And the smartest, most successful people on the planet have written a book and for $15 in a few hours, you can read it. Uh, And, and so it's, it's just like this gateway uh, to, to so many, so much learning, but then also from an author perspective, so much, impact. I mean, you think about some of the most successful people, especially in our space, it's like they've all written books. And, and, and a lot of times the book is, 
it's the start of a conversation for people to do more business with you. Or if you have a successful blog, it's the continuation of a conversation, uh, but in a way that people are actually paying money. So you're transitioning from reader um, to customer or to buyer. So, Right. So in your opinion, basically <clears throat> every reason to write a book, there are, every reason is a good reason. I mean, yeah, other than like, I want to get rich tomorrow. <laughs> I mean, that's just, mm. a, that's a losing proposition. I mean, if thinking that you're not going to get rich right away, you a lot of money. Yeah. hundred percent, hundred percent. Like, sure. Do, do books make money and are there unicorns like, you know, mutual friend of ours, Hal Elrod. I mean, he's made millions of dollars off of their miracle morning, self-publishing that book. Like you're, you'll definitely make more money if you self-publish. Um, but you're not going to get rich overnight and it's, it's not a like, Hey, I'm going to publish a book and everything's going to change tomorrow, but I love how it just keeps stacking and keeps building. Right. So how does someone make money off of a book then? Yeah. So there's, there's the royalty component. And, and so for some people that's all they care about. And if, if that's the case, you know, make sure that you publish in all formats. So Kindle or ebook, uh, print and audiobook, and you're going to maximize your royalties that way. And, you know, like me, I only read physical books and listen to audiobooks. So if you only have a Kindle book, I will never read your book. Um, it just won't happen, right? And there's other people like that who maybe they're, you know, they only listen to books on the way to work or uh, in the gym or whatever. And so if you don't have an audiobook, they will never listen to your book. So there's that component, right. which is the royalty piece. But what I think is more important and probably more applicable for a lot of your audience is, use, is using the book to grow your business. So we look at that in three ways. It's number one, whether it's leads, sales, and referrals. So like those are the three things. So you, it'll, the book will help you get more leads. These are people who never heard about you, who now know about you because of your book, right? So if you think about with you, it's like they saw your, um, they saw your Do It Scared TEDx talk. They heard, uh, the, they heard about the Do It Scared book, or maybe they have a kid uh, and now it's like, how big is your brave? They they got that book for their kid, and now they're in your world. So these are people who um, you know haven't you know don't know about you, but now become a lead, or um, they're in, they're in your ecosystem, right? And then number two is using the book to drive more sales. So we integrate this into the sales process so that more people who already know about you end up becoming paying customers. So I know I, I know we talked about this um, when we did our interview on the Self Publishing School podcast. Um, this is exactly what you do, right? Using whether it's the how to mm -hmm. blog for profit uh, book as part of your EBA funnels or like integrating that in there. That's how you've sold a ton of books, but also like it's an education mechanism to increase the conversion of what you're doing. And no matter what right. kind of business you have, if you have a sales mechanism and you integrate a book into that, you will sell more and a higher percentage of those people will become paying customers because right. you're the person that wrote a book on this thing. Uh, and then the third thing is the referrals. But make I'm sure saying, the book is good. A hundred percent. hundred percent. It needs to be a good book <laughs> well, and you need to do it the right sucks, way. If the book sucks, then that's not going to work. <laughs> yeah. And, and, and there's two parts to that. Like A, I a hundred percent agree with you. And B, the sad thing is most people re won't read the book. <laughs> so j just by having it, you automatically become more it credible. It builds your credibility. A hundred percent. But if there's no substance there, like you can definitely go the other way. And so it needs to be good. You need to do it the right way. Don't just have someone ghostwrite it or throw together a crappy ebook and publish it. Like do it the right way. It's a representation of you and it's a representation of your brand. Um, so don't shortcut it. Um, but then the third thing is, is using a book to drive more referrals. 
Um, and so that, you know, the way that we do that and that we recommend that you do that is give two copies of your book um, to every customer uh, and then also prospects. Because now all of a sudden you say, hey, here's one book for you and here's one book for a friend who you know who, for me, that's who, here, who's a friend you know that wants to write a book, give them a copy of this book, right? So we re use this as a referral mechanism. So you're turning customers into active referrers because if you get a book is a new business card, right? You give someone a business card, they're probably going to throw it away within 24 hours. Uh, you give someone a book and they keep it. <laughs> and every time they see it in their office or in their home, um, they think of you. And it's, it's a way to stay top of mind um, with prospects and with customers. Mm, I love it. So you're hugely passionate about self-publishing. Obviously, you have self-publishing school. Why self-publishing versus traditional publishing? Yeah, uh, it's so funny because, you know, we did this uh, we did this podcast on self-publishing school podcast. And if you want to hear Ruth's take, check that out. <laughs> like literally, I have very strong opinions on this topic. <laughs> I mean, I laid it all out on Chandler's podcast. <laughs> it's, it's good. Uh, and, and, uh, yeah, that was a lot of fun. And so I think I told you this, but that is like the drop the mic thing that anytime someone asks us now, we say, go to this blog post and listen to this, uh, interview with Ruth. Um, yes. we, we think very similarly on this and in the old days, you needed an agent, you needed a publisher. That's just the way it was. And the only way to sell books was to be into bookstores uh, which you had to have a publisher to get into bookstores. So if you didn't, good luck. Um, but now, you know, over 70% of all books sold are sold on Amazon, which is crazy. Um, bookstores are going out of business uh, and you're going to make a higher royalty rate um, with self-publishing. So, th I mean, there's a few fundamental reasons, like you'll make higher royalties, you'll be able to move quicker because publishers are slow and it takes years so. and there's a lot of red tape and like all that. Um uh, and then, but the, the main difference is distribution. Um, so that's still a little bit of a bottleneck if you care about being uh, in physical stores or in uh, bookstores and stuff like that. Um, I did an interview with um, Pat Flynn like two weeks ago on Self Publishing School podcast. He talked about how he got his book, um, Super Fans, into Barnes and Noble and into airport bookstores. So it's like definitely not impossible, it's just a lot harder. Um, so that is one advantage for traditional publishing. And there's a couple other small ones. I mean, the long and short of it is, unless you're a big name author um, that can get a big advance uh, and and you care about international distribution, that's the only time it might make sense to traditionally publish. Um, otherwise, you know, for ninety nine point nine percent of us, the rest of us, uh, it makes way more sense to self publish. Way more sense, yes, one hundred. And what was your quote I'm... on this? <laughs> That you'll never, that you'll never traditionally publish again. <laughs> oh yes, that was my, yeah. <laughs> that was my quote. Never yeah. again, never again. Yeah. No, it's true though. I have, and y'all, I do have really strong opinions on this this topic. I Chandler had me on his show. Then when was this? A few. This was a few weeks ago, right? Mm -hmm. I came on and laid it all out there. Having now tr traditionally published four books and self published three books. Um, I really do have the perspective of both. I understand why people do both and I will never traditionally publish again. So 
there. I can, there, I've said it. I've said it out loud on my own <laughs> podcast, but now I'm really committed to that. So now Declaration. it's, now it's been, yes, yes. It's out there. <laughs> I could pretend amazing. it wasn't out there when it was, when it was on your side, <laughs> on your side. <laughs> it went from an opinion true, to a though. commitment. <laughs> it did. It did. And you know what? I don't feel, I, I, I mean, I've, we've had this conversation and it's, but it's really true. If you want to do a book, do a book. It's, it can be an amazing tool for your business. And there's, and Chandler is an amazing teacher for doing it the right way and for self, for, for publishing, for self-publishing the right way. Uh, And if you want to do that, great, but know why you're doing it. Know what your purpose is and have a purpose in mind. Begin with the end in mind. Know that your book, just like I tell people all the time, your blog is not your business. Your blog is a marketing tool for your business. The same thing applies for a book. It's a great marketing tool for your business, but it's not going to make you a million dollars unless you're Rachel Hollis or you know, you're selling a gazillion copies of your book, which, yeah. which is not going to happen. Um, for most people, that's just not, that's not realistic. So your book is not going to be your moneymaker, but it can be the thing that leads to your moneymaker. And if you're using it smartly, smartly, is that a word? <laughs> smartly. I'm not very smartly right now. <laughs> um, <laughs> then yeah, it's amazing. Okay. So anything else you want to say about books? I mean, no. if, if you think, if, if, if you feel compelled to do it, do it. And the, the, the one, like one very specific tip that I give is, is as soon as you're done listening to this interview, um, start with a mind map. That's the first step. And just brainstorm, like take your rough idea, put it in the middle of the paper um, and start brainstorming, put it, set a timer for 15 minutes, start brainstorming all the ideas that you have around this topic. Uh, and what most people will realize is that you'll go from, I've got this thing that I could write four pages on to, uh, man, this is, this is, I've got two, three books. I've got to figure out which one to write first. And I've got way more knowledge in this noggin of mine than I think. And then you just go down that path. So start with my map, uh, move into an outline and then get started writing. I love it. Good tips. Okay. So you, speaking of tips are like my business guru, I feel like all the time, because you're constantly like texting me videos. Here, Ruth, watch this video. Hey, you should try this. <laughs> um, but you and I have so much fun geeking out about just like the back end of business. One of the things I've always really appreciated about you and admired about you is how very intentional you are. And I remember talking about this with you years ago. We were talking about scaling up and scaling your business and and this was, you know, at the time your business was a lot smaller, but you knew how you wanted to do it and how you didn't want to grow. Whereas at during, especially during a time like this, we're now seeing how a lot of times internet marketers would go for the vanity numbers. The, I want to have, I want to have the million, the seven figure launch. I want to have an eight figure launch and you're willing, and they're willing to put all this money into marketing and affiliates and all this stuff where at the end of the day, they have very little profit to show for it. And you were like, no, 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 that's not how I'm going to grow my business. I'm going to grow it smart. I'm going to grow it strategically. I'm going to do the things to build a really strong company. And that's what you've, you've done and continue to do. So how has that mentality helped you 
now that we're we're in a time where a lot of business are, businesses are struggling where have you where have you seen the impact of that and what do you maybe wish that you would have done differently or how are you treating your business differently these days does that make sense yeah these are great questions it's so funny ruth i remember i remember that conversation uh, the very first time we talked it's mm-hmm. one of a handful of times in my life where i've had a first conversation with someone and I felt like this was like a long lost friend or sibling or like someone that I'd known for a long time that thinks <laughs> exactly the same way as me. Like, I remember that. Yes. Uh, it's like we squeezed in an interview in the middle of this, but like before the interview mm-hmm. and after the interview, we were just geeking out on business. And 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 I just uh, like, I will we'll forever remember that conversation. But I, I think we see the same, we see eye to eye and, and, and just look at things the same way, which is like, hey, how do I build something that's going to last? How do I do this the right way? And how do I do it in a way that is, it's the way I want to do it. You know, it's, it's not like I want to do this with integrity. I want to build something that, that truly helps people. Um, I want to treat people the right way. I want to build something huge uh, and, and, and meaningful and, uh, but, but do it. And I think probably one of the biggest mistakes I, I made early on is seeing people getting quick success and being like, oh man, maybe I should do that. Or maybe I should compromise my morals a little bit here or like play in the gray or like do all that stuff. And it just, every time I did something like this, that, which it wasn't many times, but almost uh, like every time I regretted it and it wasn't a long-term strategy. That's the thing. It's like, you see people where it's like, oh, they have a flash in the pan three months, six months. And then two years from now, they're not around. And especially in my Mm -hmm my world, like the book publishing world where there's everyone who's ever written a book thinks they can create a training on how to write a book. So there's constant competition. Uh, It's just nonstop. And a lot of people tell me I'm in, they're like, Chandler, with your skill sets, you should be in a different industry. (laughs) Like you're in a declining industry of book publishing and with a ton of competition. But I've just seen that play out time and time again, where people come and go and it's like, we're like the little energizer bunny that just keeps going <laughs> and just keeps growing. And to speak to specific to like COVID-19 stuff, which is, you know, at the time of us recording this interview, uh, we've, we've seen our business be affected a little bit, but not a ton. Like we just had last month, we just had a record month. Um, hmm. And it was one of the biggest months we've had in company history. Uh, and so we've seen as people have more, like our biggest objection all time is I don't have time to write a book. And so we've been able to during all this say, hey, guess what? You actually do. You finally um, have time. Yeah. You finally have time, right? And and there's certainly exceptions, um, especially for moms. I feel like moms are the exception because uh, it's like you got kids at home. They're not going to school. Like maybe you're working from home and it's just crazy. Um, so that, yeah. that might be the exception. But I think, I mean, there's people like you and Crystal Payne and I feel like others who you never stop being a mom. And while you're a mom, you still wrote your book, right? So it's like, it's, it's waking up early. It's taking the time, all that. So um, we've, that's, that's been a positive impact. Probably the only negative impact has been um, live event ticket sales. Um, so we've got our author advantage live event happening in September. Obviously you're speaking. I'm, I'm speaking super pumped at, about yes. that. Yeah. It's going to be the awesome. Only person, so, you're the only person I've said yes to for speaking Chandler. You know that, right? Oh my I gosh. Say, I, I did not know yes. that. I didn't know <laughs> I that. Say yes, ever. Well, you're the only outside speaker currently. Um, we have a lot of, uh, well, like, see, there you go. You're the only yeah. person I would, you're the only person I would say yes to. And I'm the only person you would bring in. So there you go. <laughs> 
that says a lot. Yeah, I think, I, I think and a hundred percent agree. Um, but that's the only thing. I mean, luckily we had a big head start, so we we were already about halfway sold out. Um, we just had our first live event last year. It was about three hundred people. Um, we're going for six hundred this year, so we're we're about halfway sold out. Um, so we had a good head start. But that's the only thing because I mean, obviously in the midst of this, everyone's like, "Hey, I don't know what's happening." is is quarantine still going to be happening? And so they're not in that mode of like, cool, let me, let me buy an event ticket. But we, I mean, right. I'm very confident that coming out of this, people are going to be like, I've got to go somewhere. I've got to get out of the house. I want to see people. I want to learn. Like I want to go to a conference like yeah. this. So um, that's, that's the only negative impact, but I mean, we're, we've, we we're still selling tickets, just not as, 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 and quite it's, the an, velocity it's happening it's like, in Florida, right? Because so yeah, I feel, exactly. I feel like Florida by September is going to be good. Well, I mean, you we're, guys are already easy, open. We're easing up. <laughs> yep, <laughs> we're, we're easing up here. <laughs> yeah, for sure, for sure. So, I mean, I, I, I'm relatively confident um, that it'll still happen. If not, we'll go virtual, and it'll be amazing. Like either way, and I've seen a lot of friends who have pivoted to virtual events and done really, really well with them. Um, and we're working with a event management team that's done virtual events and created an amazing experience. So either way, I'm not super worried about it, but it's to your point, it's like by doing things the right way and in a sustainable way, I haven't had to slash cost, fire a bunch of people, like all those things. Like I feel like I'm just seeing everywhere. And I'll certainly like, yes, we were very fortunate. Like if I had a physical space right now, this would be a totally different conversation. Um, if I had an in-person right. um, place of commerce where people had to come to pay me, I, I did. I could have done a lot of the fundamentals, and I'd still be getting hit hard because it's just you 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 build in a sustainable way, and you plan for the worst. But no one ever thinks the worst is people can't go anywhere for sixty days. Like that's not in anyone's right. plan. Um, so I'm definitely right. fortunate in that way. But all the other things, it's like because we are built to last, we haven't been affected so much. Right. Well, no, and it's amazing, and and I think that a couple of things come out of that for me is a, this is the, this is basically the golden age for, for online businesses right now. And COVID is sucks in so many ways. And there's so much of it. That's not awesome. However, if you have an online, if you have an online business, or if you've thought about starting an online business, this is the time to do it because think about it. I mean, suddenly everybody is doing everything online. Everyone is realizing, I mean, now Zoom a couple of months ago, nobody knew how to use Zoom. Now everybody uses Zoom for everything. It's like yeah. part of just the everyday vernacular. Yeah, online education. People aren't needing to buy clothes or shoes or other stuff, but they still want something to do, which means online education programs, that kind of thing. If you are providing education or entertainment in a form that can be digested online, you're in a really good spot. So this is Shoot suddenly- blogs. Yeah, blogs. And I mean, our blog is, both of them are blowing up right now. Every single day we come on the Daily Huddle, it's like record traffic yesterday, record traffic day yesterday. Like, I can't tell you how many record traffic days we've had in the last 45 days. Yeah. So uh, this is a great, (laughs) this is a great opportunity, which is important, I think, for online business owners and for anyone, which is primarily who we talk to on this on this show is online business owners, bloggers, people who want to start an online business. It's a great time to do it. There's never, never truly been a better time, at least not in the 10 years since I've been on business. And I, it's so funny because you hear all the time, oh, blogs are dead. Blogging is dead. 
nobody's doing that anymore. And that's, it's just not true. If you're putting content, high quality content out into the world, people are going to consume it. And especially right now, people are consuming content like never before. So there's, there's opportunities there. But what I'm also seeing, interestingly, and I don't know if you've found this too, is that a lot for a lot of online business owners, there's kind of been the same report as you've had. Like, hey, this has been a great time for my business. We're seeing record sales. Um, we're just seeing a lot of really good stuff happen. But there are also those ones who, who have not set themselves up in a really great sustainable oh, yeah. way. Like if you are set up, if you set your business up in a sustainable way where you're focused on profitability and you're focused on doing the right thing, you can weather, you can weather a lot of storms. If you're not, if you haven't, you might not weather the storm. And I, and have you seen that too? Oh, for sure. Yeah. I mean, there's, there's, it's, it, there's a lot of people that don't follow the fundamentals. And so even the people who are getting hit that aren't, don't have online businesses. It's like, you know, we have tons of cash reserves. We have months of expenses. We're constantly monitoring that. Like when this whole thing started, um, we started looking at gray to black planning. It's like a term for like worst case kind of scaling. And so you have to be disciplined and you have to have, say, all right, if we hit this mark, we're going to do this. If we hit this mark, we're going to do this. We started prioritizing like, hey, if we have to cut people, who are the first people that we cut? Um, and and how do, what is that plan look like? And But if you're not paying attention to your cash reserves, if you're not, you know, staying out ahead of all those things, you're going to get, you're going to get caught in the position where you got to make drastic cuts after the fact because you waited too long or because you didn't have the fundamentals. So I've certainly seen a lot of businesses that just aren't, don't have the fundamentals and they're, they're getting really hurt. And, and so we just, we just try to stay ahead of that. And guess what? Like, that's the crazy thing is like when you're doing that, it makes for a, a, a better business. <laughs> like even just asking yeah. the question, like if we were to trim staff, where will we do it? Now those managers can be transparent with those individuals and say, Hey, we need to improve your performance here. And so it just shines the light on You're inefficiencies below the yellow in your line. business. Yeah, 100%. That's what I call it. 100%. <laughs> <laughs> and it helps. You do not it helps. Make the cut. <laughs> yeah. It's true, though. It's it's very true. So how did you get to be so good at this kind of stuff? Because you're young. I feel like you're like my little brother. I mean, you're way younger than me. <laughs> and you're so smart. And how did you get to be so how did you get to be so good at thinking strategically about your business and thinking about it from a lot? Mm. Was this more just like self-education? Is it does it has it come intuitively to you? Where do you yeah. how do you feel like this this became your thing? Yeah, I don't think it's came intuitively to me. Maybe in some phases, um, and maybe other people would say that. Um, I think there's two or three fundamental things, reading a ton of books, <laughs> the vast <laughs> majority of what I've learned is from books. Um, and so anytime I have a problem, I'm like, okay, who solved this problem? It, where, what's the, what are the best books? Um, so there's that, there's kind of what I call the college dropouts approach to learning. Uh, and so it's, it's, I, I dropped out of school, but I acted like I was still in it. And I think just doing that for a period of, I was like, all right, I would have been in school for two more years. So what if I treated my education like I was still in school? Uh, and so that kind of ingrained this continuous learning mentality and just being a lifelong learner. And so I think there's that. And I think the last thing is failing a ton. <laughs> and <laughs> I am addicted to feedback uh, and also uh, I feel like have a high EQ 
So I'm just constantly like, I'm my own biggest critic critic. Uh, and so I'm always looking like, okay, where can I improve? What What's feedback? What am I learning? And and we have a, um, it's one of our five core values in self-publishing school, um, which is fail fast, fail forward, fail often. Um, so I like right before this podcast interview, my assistant literally said like, oh my gosh, I just made this huge mistake. <laughs> and here's what happened. I'm so sorry. Like, uh, I feel so embarrassed. It's like fail fast, fail forward. <laughs> uh, it's, it's like, you can, you can, you can lose, just don't lose the lesson, right? Or even in business, right? right? You can lose money, just don't lose the lesson. You're paying tuition to the school of life. Um, and it's, and it's a great way to learn. Uh, and, and it's, it's a better education than, than, uh, in my opinion, wasting a ton of money on a degree that doesn't relate to what you're actually doing. Um, so I think just failing a ton and being willing to fail and, that's how we approach anything is like we go in and we say, all right, how can we fail as fast as possible? Cause then we're going to get feedback loops and then we can learn. And as long as you keep learning, keep iterating, keep improving, it's going to keep getting better and you're going to keep failing. <laughs> yep. So it's like, it's, it's a hard that. kind of reality and it's a hard thing. I mean, this is one of the hardest things when people come work at self-publishing school is like you've got to beat it out of them <laughs> because people are just so ingrained to be in school where it's like, oh, if I fail, I get a bad grade. Or in, yes. in their job, it's like, if I fail, I get reprimanded. So it's better to just either not admit it or not fail and just kind of fly under the radar. But when people come to SPS um, to work, it's like one of the things I've got to be like, hey, I'd rather you fail than sit on this for a month or then not try or then ask me a bajillion questions. <laughs> it's like, just try yeah. it, fail, learn, improve. See what happens. Going. Yeah. Pay attention. That, but the second piece of scared, that is, some would say. is important. Yeah. Do it. Somebody, <laughs> somebody should trademark that. Uh, yeah. I've never heard. I think I just came <laughs> up really with that. Good. That's original to it's me. really good. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but the important thing of that, I mean, I, I couldn't agree more. The failure is so key. But it's the also paying attention to the results. Okay, put something out there, try something, and then what happened? And I think a lot of people forget that part of the like you got to throw your spaghetti against the wall. You got to be willing to try different things, and very few of them might actually work. But if you never look to see which things are working, that's a problem. That's a problem too. Yeah, and I think if you never really look, and if that. you never actually like take a second to as Jim Collins would call it, confront the brutal facts. Right. Mm -hmm. And I remember yes. reading extreme ownership years ago, and that was a wake up call. Uh, and we've talked about a lot of this, but just that feeling of like, I remember one day it was like one of my top employees quit. And I realized in that moment, I am a horrible leader. <laughs> I need to get wow. better as a leader. And, and so I'd spent the whole year, I think this is 2017. It was my theme for the year was leadership. And I read books. I went, like anything I could go through to improve at being a better leader. And so I think it's like, you got to look for the results in the feedback loop, um, but also confront the brutal facts. Cause a lot of times people will look at the results and they'll explain it away. Like, Oh, that's, mm -hmm. these are external factors outside of my control. But I would encourage you to assume like, Oh, this is my favorite Michael Hyatt question. Um, what about my leadership led to that result? Uh, and yes. I, anytime you don't like the result, it's you. <laughs> uh, and so just like really <laughs> confronting true. that. And I, I mean, this was just 
on Monday, this Monday, like I came off of a meeting and I was just so frustrated, frustrated. I'm like, oh my gosh, we're totally screwing this up. Like, what's the deal? We got to improve here. And in the middle of that frustration, I was just like, it was uncomfortable. But then I was like, hold up, I've, I'm doing a lot of blaming of others right now. <laughs> what about my leadership led to this result? And it just brings you back to, okay, well, this is my company. I hired all these people. I'm leading these people or I'm leading the people that are leading these people. Um, this is my fault. <laughs> uh, how can we fix so it? So true. And that's not, e it's not easy to do. That I, I literally feel like that just was yesterday morning. I woke up and that, I think this is one of the reasons I get up so early because I can like find all the mistakes first and then have time to calm down before the rest of my team is awake. Yeah. And I've also learned like don't fire off angry angry Slack messages at 4 a.m. Because <laughs> usually <laughs> it takes like an hour for my CBD oil to kick in. And then mm -hmm. I'm like, okay. And because then I can ask myself that question. What about my leadership led to this result? And oh, mm -hmm. well, I'm mad, but I've never actually taken the time to explain. I'm not following up. I'm not asking for accountability in this situation. So of course, this is what's going to happen. And 100%. Yeah, it's it's funny. It's funny how the finger always ends up pointing back to you. And that's exactly what yeah. extreme ownership is, which I love that book, by the way. It's so good. The audio yeah. version. Did you listen to the audio version of that oh, book? Oh, yeah. Listen? I mean, so I've read good. both. But the audio is it's one of the best audios ever because they've got explosions. It's like, and it, like the stories, yeah, it like keeps you going. It's like, it yeah, really it's really does. good. It's like watching a horror movie or something. Yeah. <laughs> And that's the cool, I mean, to, to kind of wrap what we were just saying, like, that's the cool thing about entrepreneurship in my mind is that it, it, it's like a light, it shines a light on all of your flaws or areas that you can improve in a way that nothing else does. Well, entrepreneurship or leadership, I really think you can kind of exchange the, the two, but either way, it's like it shines a light on the biggest areas that you need to improve and it's a feedback loop. And if you're someone who enjoys that, like enjoys getting better and enjoys growing, it's as, as Simon Sinek would say, it's the infinite game. It's the game that you can never win, but you can keep playing and you can keep getting better. Forever. Yep. I love it. Okay. So what do you know now that you wish you would have known when you started your business? So many things. <laughs> uh, one of the biggest of which is, is the importance of systems uh, and process and playbooks and all that stuff. And it's, it's what you, they don't teach you in school. Uh, but that was one of those things where I read, you know, you, that's the cool thing about reading so many books is you start to see the through lines and the commonalities. And then but like the fifth time I read a book on this, it was like, oh, got it. Systems. Like I can't muscle this any further. <laughs> I am going to run myself into the ground uh, and everyone that works for me into the ground and everyone around me into the ground. Um, so I've got to start systematizing and uh, playbooking and all that. So that's kind of led to um, I created this um, seven figure principles podcast, seven figure principles show like YouTube channel. And that's just like a fun side project. I, just, I don't sell anything there. It's just a fun, I don't know, fun thing. I know I send you those videos all the time, <laughs> but it's like the They're ability so good, to like, <laughs> <laughs> I appreciate you saying that. Um, but like the ability to anytime I have an entrepreneur friend or someone on my team, ask a question to have the video for it and know that like, Hey, this is going to be super helpful for them. And it's going to fully explain this whole thing. And it's a way to build leverage similar to how my philosophy on books, um, 
but it, and, and, and it's a way to train and develop at scale. And so that's really the main thing is, is systems and process. And it's all the boring, non-sexy stuff that no one talks about. Uh, that everyone's just like, yawn, can we talk about sales and marketing? <laughs> like, can we talk about the fun stuff? Can we talk about the live event? Can we talk it's about true, the launch? Though. Can we talk about all that? But it's like, it's all the stuff below the surface that that I feel like truly makes a difference long-term. Yeah, it's true. And it and it's a hard thing because <clears throat> you have to be good at marketing if you want your business to grow. You got to sell sure. things. Like, you yeah. got to sell things. You just do. That's that's how you make money is you sell things. And so if you're not doing that, systems don't don't really matter because you yes. don't have a business. Yes. But as soon as you do start selling things, you better figure out those systems real quick because what happens when you don't have them is you get chaos. And that, I mean, we've both probably experienced more oh, yeah. of that than we would like to admit. 100%. But it's true. It's true. They it, it makes such a huge difference. So... This is a question we always ask on the podcast. It's the last question. Um, well, first, no, I have one more question before I go to this one. What's what's next for you? What what are you working on right now that has you super fired up? Oh man, uh, I mean, I'm very fired up about the live event, um, Author Managed Live 2020 in Orlando. That's gonna be amazing. It's it's funny in this last week. It's transitioned from this thing that's like cool, you know, that far off thing, like forever away from now to oh shoot, we're four months away, or <laughs> give or take. Um, and so I'm very excited about that. And we are all systems go there, and really just crossing my fingers, like hey, everything open back up and let's do this thing. It's gonna be amazing. Um, that's probably the biggest thing. And then. Like we we just relaunched the self publishing school podcast. I just launched the seven figure principles podcast. Uh, like that's been a lot of fun, and I forgot how fulfilling it is to have conversations like this um, with smart people. <laughs> uh, and so that like that's been an injection of learning and passion and enthusiasm and all that into my days and into my weeks. Um, yeah, it's just been a lot of fun, and so those are probably the biggest things um, that I'm I'm excited about. Awesome. I love it. So now this is the question that I always ask. What is the best piece of advice that you've ever received and why? Yeah, I would say it's probably don't take advice from someone you wouldn't gladly switch places with. Um, and and I think on the surface, it's it's like, okay, well, that, that that's like a good, good quote and a good concept. But then wait, a, hold a sec. Like, I can take advice from people that I don't want to switch places with and there's something to learn there. So I think at first it was a bit polarizing for me, but then it, which really the takeaway is contextualize all advice that you get. I was just talking about this with a friend who's an entrepreneur buddy this weekend. It's like, as you grow as an entrepreneur, it's all about context. <laughs> and anytime you get feedback, coaching, everything needs to be contextualized. And you also need to build a filter um, but for me, I know uh, the big thing there is like, okay, if if I've got a mentor that's been divorced five times, his kids hate him, <laughs> uh, and his personal life's in ruins, well, I'm going to take a lot of his advice with a grain of salt because I don't want to be that. Yeah. Like, I, I want to have, uh, you know, I'm not married yet, don't have kids yet, but like that's something that's important to me. Um, and so, just contextualizing and and. Uh, especially when it's someone that you wouldn't switch places with saying, Hey, how do I make sure that I contextualize this advice? And this is actually good advice. 
I love that. So important. And it's such a, it's such a good thing to think about because I think we don't always consider the source or consider the entire, the, the entire frame of reference. We just look at one aspect and think, oh my gosh, this must be gospel truth, but you really do have to to look (laughs) at all of it. So good. For sure. Just why you're so smart, Chandler. (laughs) Hey, right back at you, Ruth. (laughs) I've learned a lot of my best stuff from talking to you. (laughs) Oh, all right. Anything else you want us to know and where can we find you online? Yeah. So online, I'm kind of old school. I'm literally only on Facebook, no other social media. Um, but online, if, if you're interested in, in writing and publishing a book, um, check us out, um, selfpublishingschool.com. We also have selfpublishing.com. Um, it's another one of our properties that that's grown really fast. Um, and then we have the self publishing school podcast. So we got a bunch of resources. Like if you go to our blog or our site, really, if you Google anything on writing and publishing a book, you'll probably end up on the self-publishing school website or on selfpublishing.com. Maybe you've been there and you just didn't know it yet. Um, it's a lot <laughs> of what uh, Ruth teaches uh, in EBA and on the blogging side of things because blogs aren't dead. <laughs> uh, and there's and, and it's been dead. a huge way that we're growing. But yeah, I mean, we've got a, a book outline template generator there. That'll be super helpful. If you're, if you're getting started with your book and also give you a free copy of my book published, which is kind of the 10,000 foot view of the process. So we're here to help however we can. And if you're writing a book, um, we can help. I love it. Thank you. And we will make sure to link to all of that in the show notes as well. Chandler, I love talking to you. You've got so much to offer. So thank you so much for coming on. I'm sorry it took me so long to have you on the show. Hey, no problem. I forgive you, Ruth. Thank you for having me. This has been a blast. <laughs> Thanks. All right. So don't forget that if you would like to get all the show notes for this episode, along with all the links to everything that we just talked about, you can find it all at doitscared.com slash episode 115. Once again, get all the show notes and the links on our website at doitscared.com slash episode 115. And while you're there, be sure to check out my TED Talk on the one simple trick to overcoming your biggest fear. If you haven't seen it already, it's definitely a must watch. You can find it at doitscared.com slash TED. Once again, that's doitscared.com slash TED. And then before we go, I just want to say as always that I love hearing from you. So if you have any questions about what we talked about today or any guests that you would like to see me interview here on the podcast or any questions you would like me to answer on our quick win episodes, please, please don't be shy. Reach out to me. Send me an email. That's the best way of reaching me is via email at ruth at ruthsukup.com. And that about does it for this episode of the Do It's Geared with Ruth Sukup podcast. Thank you so much for joining me today. And if you liked what you heard, I would love it if you would post a review on iTunes. And then while you're there, be sure to subscribe to be notified of new episodes. And speaking of upcoming episodes, be sure to join me next week as I chat with the very inspiring John Gordon, who I actually met through my friend Chandler. Uh, John is the author of 12 best-selling books, including one of my favorites, The Energy Bus. You've probably read it. It's been read by millions and millions of people. But John has a ton of great advice and wisdom to share about life, staying positive, and daring to push yourself to grow. It's an episode that I promise will inspire you to live your best life. And I will catch you then. 